0: Welcome to the Cinefile Hits and Fit podcast brought to you by the Rumination Radio Network and sponsored by Film Obsessive. This is the tirade film movie debate hosted by two film critics, Cool Dads and Struggling Teachers. I'm Don Shanahan.
1: And I suck cocks in hell. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I mean,. Um... I'm William Johnson. My bad. Sorry,
0: something took me over there for a minute. Wow. wow. A- a- amazing. Uh, I- I'm going to get some holy water and douse myself now. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we're damn glad to have you, folks. This is all for tantrum's sake. We're sure passions and high fives. Watch away any place for hate. No matter what, we encourage you all to love what you love, but for now, the gloves are off and the hits of it is on. The Streak of Double Loves continues this week with um, a movie. The Pope's I- Exorcist? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, a- we're really- not watching that one. Not quite. Not quite. Uh, although we have a new movie to talk about. That can kind of pitch back from this one, but um, mm-hmm. um, I, we're here because I, the whore pussy of the host here, had <laughs> never. Um, had never seen the exorcist from 1973 warner brothers was kind enough to because uh, i'm on their press list um for physical media as well as the big national what you know theatrical stuff um they're putting uh, as of uh, i think about a week or two after this recording um they dropped the exorcist on 4k disc for the first time and uh that was my chance to say sure i'll put that on my shelf because it's uh, one of those seminal ones that you know maybe it's one of those um pieces of furniture that you have just to impress your friends. And for me, that being the pussy that's never seen the exorcist, uh, <laughs> it would look good at myself. Like, Oh wow. Nice yeah. job. 4k, huh? You know? Um, but for me, I had yes. never seen it. And this was, by, i needed to do a uh, a piece on this for film assessor to review the disc mm. and uh this is my chance perfectly to finally see the exorcist and nice. everyone kind of lathered up and said oh get your fucking selves ready oh watching on a saturday with the lights on uh you know <laughs> don't take this one home you know get a, just uh, i got all the massaging advice before it and luckily not being by by not being a big whore guy um it's not that this movie hasn't been spoiled for me, quote unquote, but just like mm. I haven't seen the 800 imitators that everyone else has seen, where it's, I'm coming in, I'm coming in pretty darn fresh where this is it played well. It's um, part of
1: the cultural zeitgeist now. I mean, it's, it it's is kind of yeah. impossible to escape.
0: Yeah, like I because, knew yeah. I knew a head turning was coming. I knew pea soup was coming. I knew levitation was coming. But there's a whole lot of stuff to a the lot end. Of
1: stuff that you There's a whole expect, lot of details right?
0: that I, yeah, a whole lot of details I didn't know what's coming at all, when you don't have the framing devices and whatnot. So um, that's what we're here for. Uh Don watches the extras for the first time. We were very tempted to do this as a commentary track. Where it's Don sitting there losing his fucking mind while Will just laughs at me. Um, but we were, um, I think friends got in my ear and said, no, no, no. If you're going to watch it the first time, don't have your friend in your ear. Don't, don't have to, don't concentrate on trying to say shit. Uh, just, just absorb it. Come back to it later yeah. if you want to. But uh, sure. yeah. So um I, how our show works for folks is uh there's a five interrupted minutes to shower praise and state high-minded cases from the lover um i might let will go first because i'm dying to hear everyone's like don what you think don what you think but uh it's more I, i need to hear from other people not just me trying to gush and try to see where i'm going so um i'm not the hater uh who will follow with 500 minutes of my own to present any counterpoints or scorched earth i'm just gonna i'm along for the ride and it got me which is in a great way so but uh more than anything is if we haven't already started it without a dinger and a bell we'll have about 30 minutes to share a conversation with his fit gets sure. going after that so uh yeah um i know spiritual sanctus let's go
1: <laughs> nice uh shout out real quick to uh i, I do try to give letterbox reviewers if it's worthy a shout out there's there's a actually this guy is getting some pub because uh he looks like he showed up on a podcast i listened to from some guys from australia uh called mr sunday's movies and uh this guy's name is Dirk h he was featured on that program and uh his review for this movie was i hope when my daughter hits puberty it'll be a tad less eventful
0: (laughs) yeah uh very true (laughs)
1: um yeah i mean the exorcist I would say, you know, when you say that you're a pussy, that's not, that's not the case because there are a number of films out there, whether through a small minority of people, uh, I can think of an example, which I'll bring up or through cultural consciousness um, or urban legends or whatever, like have a stigma attached to them uh, that they are, something to be scared of. I mean, an example for me is my dad, when I was eight, uh, David Lynch's wild at heart came out. Okay. Okay. My dad and my mom went on a date night and went and saw the movie or whatever. Right. Um, and my dad came home and he was just like, son, you can never watch this movie. And I was like, why? He's like, there's a scene in this movie that is so disgusting. So graphic. Like, it made me sick. And in the beginning of wild at heart, there's a scene where uh, Nicholas cage, like somebody accosts him in a movie theater. And he like slams this dude's head into a wall. So many times that like the brains fall out, you know? And so I refused to watch that till I was like 30 or something, because I was like, my dad told me about this thing and I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it. It's going to scare me to death. And I finally watched it. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with my dad? This is fine. Like, you know, by that time I'm, you know, watch a lot of movies and probably desensitize to a lot of stuff, but you do build these narratives in your head. There's one movie today. We talked about this on our feel and film discussion group that I still don't watch today because of the stigma attached to it, which is JFK. I have an aversion to seeing the footage of that assassination. I've never seen it. And I don't know if I want to see it, but, and I don't know if it's because of the graphic nature of it, or because i've built that legend up in my head, you know? Exorcist is kind of the epitome of that concept. You know, people will tell you this is an evil movie. They will tell you this is buckle up, man, cuz it's going to scare the shit out of you. Now, um some people are obviously more attuned to this kind of thing and it has entered the cultural consciousness, so there is some blunted edges on some of it. Um, but it goes to the power of William Friedkin, May Rest in Peace, um, that a movie that took that came out in 1973, that came out before the kind of um, mass media approach of horror that would start after Halloween and Friday the 13th, you know, for this to be not only a crowd pleaser, a box office hit and a best picture nominee, you know, hitting all the quadrants. Um, but it's it's still effective. It is still a unsettling movie. Let me—I'll say that much. Like, do I when I turn the lights out? Do I, you know, get worried or have those visions of something scary? Like Regan, no, I don't. Um, more uh, applicable things like home invasions or you know things like that would give me pause. But the movie is still effective, and I think a reason for that is not only because of the – and for someone like you who just started watching it, and me who watched it kind of late too, probably 30s – I was 30-something. Um, you know, there is a stigma to it that I think affects how you watch it and prepares you a certain way. And, and in some ways that – like the Wild at Heart scene where I was kind of like, All right, this wasn't a big deal. I made it a big deal. There is enough in this movie to still unsettle you. And I think that's the sign of a great director, a great screenplay, great performances. Linda Mm -hmm. Blair, Linda Blair, who, you know, I'm not going to say unfortunately, because she carved a nice little niche for herself, you know, got an Oscar nomination for this um, and went on to become kind of a B-movie queen. You know, she never reached the same heights again. Um, And that's, that's unfortunate in some ways. But I think people forget that this wasn't just because, it was this lucky one-off. She's a great actress. She pulled this off. I mean, she acts, she, she's not just a demon in this thing. She's also a, a, a young, innocent kid. It, it works really well. The performances are great. Ellen Bernstein's fantastic. Linda Blair's fantastic. Um, the uh, the priest, is, is that uh, Jason Miller? Is that Yeah, Jason yeah, Miller yeah. is phenomenal in this movie. Um, and like you said, there's a lot of things that you don't expect. There's a lot of drama in this. I think a lot of people expect mostly gore and uh, gross out gags and it's not that it's a very complex drama um, and that happens to have horror elements um, it would probably be mistaken in an and I would be angry and be called quote elevated horror which is stupid but that's probably what people would call it if it was released today um, but yeah it's it's something that um, pushes through, um, the typical fair that I think it gets lumped in with because everyone's seen a picture of Reek and everyone's seen a clip of this movie, but have they really watched it? And that's no. And uh, it is still an amazing five star um, classic that uh, few films have rivaled in terms of shock value and general, uh, I don't know what the word would be, unsettlingness. I don't know if that's a word, but it's generally unsettling and it's hard for someone like me, who's a little bit more attuned to this kind of stuff to be unsettled. So that's it.
0: Well done. No, um, you hit the nail on the head in terms of, of, uh, of like walking me into where this is going with the idea of stigma. um, you're right being a pretty well-versed film guy this is an inescapable movie that you see on a th- you see on a tons of lists you see all the clips mm-hmm. you see the quotes you see the the history you know the history the kudos and it it's really easy to be oversold by that very very quickly um from the big from the big names all the way down to my peers who heard me you know when i made the post getting the movie in the mail they're like i'm gonna watch it for the first time They're like oh my god like Mm -hmm. just like you said the all the buckle ups all the the weird little advice all the and you could tell then that the different scope and levels of advice is um kind of colors how the effect of this movie like you said in different ways and places where for Mm -hmm. some it's it 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 is the pulse raiser for some it's unsettling for some it's a one-time watch for some it's uh, a water you know it's the watershed they'll always come back to, to, to to watch a prime example of something and um so when you hear all those cards get played in the table of oh man it's this oh man it's that oh man it's this um it's really hard not to get all hyped up with with, with the E word I never like to use of expectations, but luckily, uh, luckily I'm that guy who can shove that really good. Or, uh, I don't want to say turn my brain off, but just kind of mm-hmm. just go, um, I can kind of wiggle that out most of the time. I'm getting good at it. And, yeah. um, and that's why, like entering into this movie, I I, I, I just said nope. Don't expect a, a jump scares. Don't expect a thing around every corner. Don't expect mm-hmm. uh, a rush into. Uh, don't expect a roller coaster ride. Expect something that just resonates. Because clearly, that's what the movie has done for now fifty years is mm-hmm. do enough of something really really well to resonate. Resonate enough that it still gets the chills out of people. Just talking about it to talk to you about it
1: sure and that's I mean, been
0: cool you know to kind of go there
1: and, and, and i think a lot of modern audiences might be a little jaded with with stuff i have that to think out. they are
0: yeah but like, you know
1: like when my parents who were let's see 73 let's see my parents graduated college in 79 so they must have been high school you know yeah sure I mean, they talk they talk about this movie like it was you know they were scared to walk home Oh, yeah. You know, taboo. Night, you know, sure. like tab, tab, definitely taboo because of the religious.
0: Oh, you yeah. Know, it's, oh, yeah. We, live,
1: we live in a very different era now, you know, where this is true you can be very open about your lack of care for religion. But, you know, it was back then. I mean, to be this open and bold about religious topics was uh-huh. quite the step. You know, that was yeah. quite the move in a direction that a lot of people were not ready for. So, and, and that, that's a generational thing, you know, like th- th- yeah, that yeah, yeah. In a lot of stuff. I think there's a lot of people that, you know, I, I remember, you know, taking a girlfriend at one point to see the, to see Halloween on the big screen. I was so excited. I'd like to see it on the big screen whenever I can. Right. Sure. And, uh, you know, we're the same age, but she didn't grow up, you know, watching that kind of stuff, not a horror aficionado or anything, or not even really a movie person. And she was bored. She was like, this sucks. This is boring. And I was like, yeah, but you gotta understand, like what this uh-huh. meant at the time like what exactly this, you know and and that's and this hard is, for modern audiences to understand right. so and
0: this is five years before halloween let me get back to the five minutes to finish this up for us um yeah oh, this shit. is our,
1: your five minutes
0: yeah you're good don't worry about it i oh, um,
1: sorry man i thought you already
0: did your nah, <laughs> nah, nah, recording nah. too late tonight yeah. i'm sorry man I'm it, sorry. It, we, this is our third recording in a row for those of you playing at home and don't know how the sausage Oops. is made but uh sorry. but no, no no you're good no um <laughs> You're right. This is five years before Halloween, which would make it, you know, which would lean on slasher, lean on intimacy, lean on the chase. Um, there's nothing yeah. to chase here because the, the, the girl is in that spot, in that place. Um, the the things that are trying to help have to come to her um, and enter mm. into that place. And um, the atmosphere that that creates or is created by Freakin is, is off the charts amazing because like. You're, um, I know this is Washington D.C. and I, I, I met, I was just in Washington D.C. where I could have visited The Exorcist steps in Georgetown, realizing they filmed it there and whatnot. But um what what seals the deal for this movie being, you said elevated horror, but it doesn't have to be there. Is um just like just a fine drama is the establishment of more wide reaching kind of connections and avenues. Like you have. All these different angles trying to come in here and figure out this situation. You have the medical side, you have the spiritual side. You have uh, von Sidal with the archaeological framing device that opens the movie. It's amazing. We're like, wow, we're there's some deep-seated stuff here. And a lot of that opening stuff in Iraq um is shown but not explained, where you just have to look at it and go, the score is there to kind of, you know, tingle you a little bit and see you know, those there to kind of react, but at the same time, like you, you just know that looks evil. Is that going to come into play? How deep does this go? Oh my gosh! Now it's in this little girl, and 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 um, how the fuck Linda Blair did not win this Oscar? I've seen Paper Moon. I've seen Tatum O'Neil who won the Oscar that year, and it was the history winner for. Um, the youngest uh acting winner of all time it's a nice cute performance but it ain't this like you said playing two people yeah. playing Mal- playing unhinged where this is um and yeah o'neill is fine and excellent for he- her young age but this was blair um just goes to another level um as the first time watcher here uh doing it here at age 44 um mm-hmm. i keyed into ellen burston like you, i'm a parent i'm gonna sure. be a parent how could i react there um and and you gotta put yourself in that 73 time capsule of uh what would I do? And uh I, I would definitely do different decisions than Burston would do, but at the same time. That's the that's the I don't want to say roller coaster, but that's the journey you take and you watch and you just and Burston's pain um echoed by oh my, you know, the evil pain that's you know just tearing apart uh Regan is enough to just um um I think everyone's asking for my reactions out of it to just kind of close this for five is um like it it my word would be impressed, like it it didn't get me to the point of like turn my eyes away from the screen unsettled. It definitely didn't scare right. me, but at the same time, maybe my first word I talked about is where I'm back here. It just resonated. like it's a movie you will not forget because of just what it can evoke, what it can show, the the the, the scope of dedication of which, hey, what it takes to you know apply what they're trying to apply. To this evil that they can't explain, and that in and of itself is really impressive. So, let me get this out of the way, let me get the read out of the way. And yes, I, I'm i with you, I, I want to wrap up all in this movie and keep on going. So, um, hang tight, folks, please enjoy this short announcement from the Ruminations Radio Network. You've seen Twin Peaks all the way through, but all you have are spoiler free discussions. At Blue Rose Task Force Podcast, no information is classified and nothing beats the listening sensation when production history collides with deep theory. Put the coffee on. All right. Welcome back, folks. Yeah. Open it up. We'll knock it out. No.
1: Hey, uh, the whole uninterrupted minutes thing. I kind of fucked that up, didn't I? Awesome. Um, yeah. My bad. Uh, I really thought you had already gone. Um, yeah. I mean, first of all, like I said, the, the subject matter uh the acting all this all this stuff the 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 horror of it the fact that this was a huge box office film and also got 10 oscar nominations yeah like mind um, to me
0: yeah on the inflation adjusted list which i call the only real list it's number 10 like every this was a phenomenon and i kept watching it with that time capsule in mind like you're saying like my parents would have been uh, four years out of removed of college, they would have been twenty two. You know, or four years out of high school, they would have been twenty two, twenty three when this movie came out. And um, I know there wimps that either if they saw it, they never told me. Um, if they did see it, uh, or if they didn't see it, you know, because they're conservative Westerners, it's probably not the case. But um, I'd love to you know pick my dad or my mom's brain if they did have the balls to see this. But uh, I just um, when you put you have, uh, I I fear for this movie that all of our overstimulated um, over-ratcheted generations of today would watch this movie and do what you, your date did on Halloween, man, this is fucking slow, man. This is lame. Where's the blood? Where's the gore? Where's the killing? Like, this isn't exciting. I cuss all the time. I see kids cuss. I, I'm worried that a generation 50 years later calls this movie weak sauce and therefore misses the whole fucking point.
1: But I will tell you this though. I, I don't know if that, I think the combination of religion, because if you look at a lot of yeah hit like hit movies, and I say hit in terms of like you know in the slower periods, they'll always release like an exorcism movie or like something sure. involving an exorcism. Like they they make money.
0: I think oh yeah, com- horror, I think, horror films are alive and kicking well. Yeah,
1: right. But I think it's a genre of it. The reason why they still do successful is like, I think the mixture of um religious aspects to it right um which is always even in this more you know liberal society in terms of mm-hmm. religion um is always a little taboo for everybody you know uh, totally to talk about it yeah so the mixture of that with like i said i i I've, i don't think i've ever been scared by the exorcist yeah but i've always been unsettled
0: yeah i've and always think, been yeah my word today is moved right you know just yeah yeah p- ponderous I, stuff hits you you know like whoa i, I think
1: know the mixture of those two yeah. um, is enough to keep people interested. Cause I don't, I don't really hear too much from people saying like it's outdated. It's like, it's, I, I, I've, I've even heard horror people talk about, you know, like how Halloween is, you know, old fashioned or whatever. Like I don't mm-hmm. really hear just, just me anyway. Well, I've watched um, you
0: talk about Halloween where like, you know michael myers i think in the first halloween he kills four, four people four, four people. people where um, now like you told me he's like slashing up entire buses of people where the over amplification <laughs> yeah. is happening where the halloween um, kills he
1: he has to kill at least 50 people
0: it's insane oh like, jesus it's yeah nuts. see then then it's then it's not um the realism sh- sh- shines away then because by by this story being like this doesn't make the newspapers this isn't to like reporters outside the window there's a situation going on in this building in georgetown like no this is just one frantic mom trying to find answers doctors can't do it priests can't do it but they're gonna try and like it's just so oh man just insulated and, and intimate that the movies today won't do like it would they we we talked about this a little bit with um I don't know what recording order we're gonna do this in but we talked about this with like Alien and Ridley Scott where mm-hmm. I think I think even the horror movies that attempt these things now with a religious note in it want to go over explain it um and this movie's version of I guess quote unquote over explaining it is you know re, you know is grabbing von Sidow from Iraq from Iraq and bringing him here where like hey. The, the evil is so big that it's maybe been around a while And we need the big hitter out of the bullpen to come help us But that's all we're going to tell you We're not going to mm-hmm. say it's this, we're not going to say it's that um, Whereas something else would have, been, would have to feel like it has to Reveal all its secrets at All at one time
1: And uh, in light of The alien discussion whenever that comes out uh, That episode we talked about Well my defense of the fact that The first three sequels Kind of Not only paid tribute in a way to the first one, but also remained unique and different. So it wasn't boring. Um, Yeah. The, the, the first two sequels of this for better Uh or worse do that as well. Uh, uh, Exorcist Two: the heretic is so insane and bad, (laughs) but at least it's something notable, right? It's not like it's a a copy of this movie. It's something completely different. Uh, And then exorcist three, which I I'm sure maybe if you've, you've done your, you know, searching around about the movie. I have. Yeah. You'll hear people ha- make a lot of great comments about three. I, I think three is fine. I mean, I'm not like in love with it. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's great, uh, but it's not like, phenomenal. yeah, it's not like this.
0: Right. But, right. Uh, Exorc-
1: Exorcist three is also kind of its own thing. It-, it goes in a whole different direction. Uh, George C. Scott's in it doing his thing and it's, it's definitely not this movie. So the first two sequels definitely do not have this now. Um, I know that uh, Paul Schrader, and I think it was Renny Harlan, maybe? Sure. they were. I think they were tasked with doing, like, a Exorcist prequel. I, I don't know the history, and somebody out there is going to yell at me, but whatever, I don't care. I know that one of them made a movie, and then they didn't like it, or they didn't think it was releasable, so they had somebody else direct a whole different one. And then oh. they ended up releasing two. So there's, there's like, two prequels. I, Paul Schrader did one of them, I think. And I think Rennie Harlan did the other one, I'm not positive, but they tried to do, like, prequels, and it kind of became a debacle, and they lost a lot of money, and it was bad. Um, and I will say that I am skeptical, especially after the way David Gordon Green's trilogy of Halloween films ended. Um, I think he did a phenomenal job with, depending on the timeline, the second, quote-unquote, second Halloween movie in 2018. Um, I think Halloween Kills is fun. A lot of people don't like it. And Halloween Ends is very controversial. Let's put it that way. Um, he's doing Exorcist the Believer. I don't know if he's doing more than one. I don't know the history. Yeah. Um, I got to say, I was, I'm was i skeptical.
0: I bet. Um,
1: however, I did see the trailer on a big screen. I did too.
0: What movie it, did we watch where this played?
1: Was it? Did we watch it at Indiana Jones? I doubt it.
0: I doubt they would put this in front of a Disney movie. Yeah, I don't think so. I saw saw this trailer somehow too. I don't remember what it was for, but yeah. And
1: I will say, I was unsettled. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Whatever they did, whatever they do, those two girls, you feel it in a two minute trailer. Like, damn. Yeah,
1: it was. So, you know what? I'm skeptical only because even I, despite the fact that my all-time favorite movie is a sequel to a classic. Um, I just get tired of trying to recapture these things, like these classics, you know, instead of yeah. with new ideas in general. I say in general, right. there are exceptions. I think Blade Runner 2049 is a masterpiece, but um, the, the trailer, I know that you're not a big trailer guy. And I generally try not to be the trailer has me intrigued. I am I would be willing to see it because yeah. I was unsettled enough by the trailer. Now we all know trailer culture is a whole thing and they're going to sell you a movie that might not even be there. Mm-hmm. But, but from what I've seen so far, I am impressed. So I, I am intrigued. How about not impressed intrigued? Yeah. Uh, so let's put it that way.
0: Right. Another thing that kind of grabbed me as the first timer here is, um. Uh, and, and maybe again, adult eyes, good tuning and whatnot. Uh, the mm-hmm. craft, like you said, there's 10 Oscar nominations here and it's not just for acting like the, the sound of this movie well, is one for sound. Insane. I think I, think I, for I
1: sound, right. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I got to look it up here a little bit, but, um, that, but just like, not just, you know, how do you make a banging bed sound through two walls downstairs sound? No, but like the little stuff, like the, the, the modulation of her voice, the, the, even the medical equipment just kind of being as eerie as they are the the little twist here the bones fucking break in twisting, twist and it. it, it's it's outstanding where uh, i'm i'm glad this movie has the score step back so often to just let the ambient noise play um you obviously there's a, a you know pretty good intro chunk of music there's the closing credits chunk of music and Ray Nitschke score is pretty darn good uh to to evoke the tone they're going for but i love that you just um you're along for this ride um palpably mm-hmm. uh in all those spots um the um but yeah like i mean by the time the the crowd and then the the camera work and like the fact that he used the frozen sets where you see the breath and it's not you know cgi like it is in titanic and like it's just the the genuineness and that you could tell it was a hard shoot and you when i went in and read the trivia about how like you know just misfired you know pea soup going into jason miller's mouth but you know just um Uh, Blair being so good at her lines that Max Max Vonsito forgot his and uh, everyone had a cold, everyone had, you know, it was just hard and like that, that, that weariness is kind of, I know that's freaking, you know, going for genuineness on his set where he would, you know, going for genuine reactions, going for genuine discomfort where an actor, you've said it, dear boy, just act. But uh, I I like that he kind of goes for it because like those pieces of extra little production value of setting applied to the actor um, show up on screen for us. So like not, you know, the, the lighting, the frost and the the frost coming out of the mouth, all that stuff like that, like just plays so well. Um, getting a different voice to play the voice of the demon, you know, it's, it's just so cool. Um, the, and then the other craft part would be, um, um, just editing and pacing. Like this is such gradual escalation with such patience. Like uh, you could tell once that doctor kind of says, Hey, if you're, how's your faith? Have you ever thought about religion? And I, I'm trying to think of what minute mark that happens. It, maybe it's halfway, 55, you know, 50 minutes or so. And, you know, you've already been put through a pretty good ringer watching this girl descend as it is to know that, man, I got another 50 minutes. And is there even an answer past priest? And if there isn't, they're going, they're going to go through the next ringer and it's going to be a hell of a thing to watch. So yeah, man, it's, who um and did <laughs> my last thing i'll say on that is um all those layers like the medical ones the spiritual ones the archaeological ones um they're all kind of mashed together in a cool little way matched i should say um mm-hmm. and they're just supported uh, by their own ambiguity like i said like they don't over explain cito's not talking into his, his ear off about what he finds in iraq um mm-hmm. even the medical people are like well it looks kind of normal and I, I don't know if it's this or I don't know if it's that like there's no There's a couple of doctors trying to talk down Ellen Burston, but at the same time, they're not mansplaining everything in the whole wide world. So Mm. the ambiguity builds with the movie's patience and crescendo's great.
1: Oh, yeah. So I'm getting the feeling that you like this movie.
0: (laughs) I do. I mean, it's, um, I mean, it's, I get, what am I trying to say? Like, it's one of those movies you you don't go, damn, man. Like, you know, hey, family, come watch this. But um, (laughs) I'm, Um, no. you know, it, but no, um, it's on that list. I'll watch it again because, um, unlike other people who who won't watch this movie again, like I wouldn't mind now that I've kind of had the, the, the inhale, the exhale of getting it through it. Um, watch it again, again, with craft's eyes, you know, where coming out of it experience wise, and then, you know, just impressions and creative wise, like it was a stone cold five-star movie even just watching it the first time it'll just stay that good even watching it the second time so oh yeah uh, like now, like likes a strong word appreciate and respect 125 percent. so
1: what um okay so i know that there are i'm not like an expert on the exorcist or anything like i said yeah i, I, I love the movie i think it's great but it's not something i revisit often
0: yeah um, i can understand what, why so
1: what um uh, so did you watch the regular cut or the director's cut
0: um it appears that i watched the director's cut because that was the main cut on the 4k the disc coming out with warner brothers since i'm trying to sell a disc on the podcast uh it does come with both versions um everyone and their brother tells me the theatrical version is superior to the i think i've only had one person say oh you watched the right one um because there's that in there's that ending of uh they pass the medal to the girl in the mm-hmm. car departing and that's mm-hmm. it like you you hand over the medal there's a acknowledgement of goodbye and poof that's it it's not uh Cobb coming back and and talking to the priest and you know <laughs> the casablanca ending of this is, looks like the start of a beautiful friendship like it, 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 you're not that part's not in the theatrical cut but it's in the directors and i'm i'm told that that lessens ambiguity because now you have these two buddies becoming friends well, and bearing notes. Yeah,
1: I, th- I think uh, there's also the spider walk, is kind of the legendary
0: inclusion in scene. the direction. Yeah, because okay.
1: apparently it was, there's a lot of apocrypha about
0: you know, ah, if, okay. if it
1: was filmed or if it wasn't or if it was just added later. And, you know, I think even Friedkin said it wasn't, he didn't shoot it, but then they found it in the archives and it's just it's that that was like kind of the big addition to the cut um I'm, I'm just reading bits of it on wikipedia right now but i think they're saying that like some people like i said one critic had said that it seemed kind of superfluous to ha- even have it in there mm. i think it's eerie as fuck
0: yeah but, it, it, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah go ahead and dazzle us some more i was I, it fits right in it's great
1: yeah, I so you know I might not have I might not have seen the original cut then. I, I may have only yeah. seen the director's cut because I think that's what's available. I don't know what's on this is available on HBO Max, so I'm not sure what uh-huh. cut is available. So whatever one is 122 minutes is the regular, 132 is yeah. the um director's cut.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. But either
1: way, I mean whether you had the extra 10 minutes or not, you know, you were engaged and that's that's good. I agree. Uh, um. Yeah, but yeah, at this point in time, 1973 Christmas release. By the I, way,
0: amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I and, and and for it to be the knockdown dragout phenomenon of that year, I gotta look up the 73. Like, what was out there with it competing? I mean, you read the Oscar, some of those Oscar nominees. There's some studs that oh, year.
1: Godfather Two.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <Maybe>? I mean. <laughs> 1973 box office you keep talking and i'll get some stats here quick
1: um yeah oh by the way i i was when i'm typing it i can never spell exorcist or exercise correctly. <laughs> uh Sorry.
0: all right here here yeah. are your top grossing movies of 73 okay. um <laughs> how about this number one was the exorcist uh making a, in, in its day 193 million dollars which is wow. unheard of that's insane it's huge money um opening that opened the day after christmas <laughs> um yeah. opening the day before it on christmas was the sting which would go on to win just about all the the nice cuddly awards yeah
1: that's right the sting that's yeah right. so, so godfather godfather 2 was 72 74 yeah 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 okay
0: got it, got so, got it. St- sting made damn good money fellow christmas release doing great um american graffiti summer hit was third um papillon the uh i believe that's the prison movie with hoffman and mcqueen uh, also a week before christmas was fourth a distant fourth like half as much as number three um the way we were uh mm. redford and great romance probably more called classic compared to the numbers you see here magnum force which i think is the first dirty Harry movie
1: nope the first dirty Harry movie is dirty Harry.
0: oh so the, the number <laughs> this would be two then right
1: uh, magnum force yeah was the yeah. Second, second one
0: yeah, that uh that six live and let die Bond to seven Robin mm-hmm. Hood, which would be the animated Robin Hood, was eight. Paper oh, moon, shit, which would win really? Oh yeah. Which we, we've done a show on. Shout out to our guest on that. Um uh,
1: Elon Bowden, who's right. a, new, a new mother, by the way. Shout out to her. I
0: did not know that. Congrats. How yeah. about that? Um Paper Moon, the eventual Oscar winner that stole Linda Blair's Oscar is nine and buried at number ten is Serpico. Mm-hmm yeah yep, into the dragons sense. in there and jesus christ superstars in there days of the jackal high Plains drifter battle for the planet of the apes you can go down Westworld. Now, that's a cult classic year man
1: all right now let's look at i want to i want to ask you a question about this so yeah the five best directors that year for the oscar were
0: Ooh, wow
1: ingmar, ingmar bergman Cries and Whispers, wow.
0: uh Ber,
1: bernardo bertolucci last tango in paris Cool. William, Friedkin, William Friedkin, The Exorcist, George Lucas, American Graffiti, and yeah. George Roy Hill for The Sting, and he won. Wow. Uh, retrospective-wise, what do you think
0: about Oh, that? come on. I mean, well, you got to go... I don't go really like least. The
1: Sting. I, I'm not a huge Sting I, guy.
0: I like The Sting, where that's... I mean, that's your... Save. If... I tell you what, it, that's probably a place where... You know me, and we've had this argument in the show, and, and Barbara Vandenberg has helped me make this argument... Um, Like, to me, a director has to wear a thousand hats of a thousand things where, like, what's the hardest job? And to me, this thing is costumes and setups and let your actors go. Where, as a directing situation, that's freaking. Bertolucci doesn't... Bertolucci doesn't i've seen last Tango in Paris Bertolucci doesn't have to do a lot other than like steer <laughs> curb marlon brandow and butter right um lucas i wouldn't call that his directorial opus of any kind of way it's nice that he's there bergman oh, like of it. course i mean yeah. bergman of course is bergman um where you're talking about a hitter there but yeah from the director's chair i give it to freaking as a best picture yeah i probably give it to this thing i mean because that's okay. that's the grab everybody movie that's your top gun maverick of that year kind of situation best actor to keep going down the oscars no best yeah. i mean this would be a supporting actor situation um i've not seen a touch of class where glenda jackson won but i'm looking at burst and an actress um i mean streisand's there for the way we were you have joanne woodward who's an act, you know that's a legend um hard Freshman. to put. Burston uh, three I, nominations, so yeah. Burstyn, yeah. Um, Burston would win the very next year. So like, make up Oscar in place is mm-hmm. there for sure. Um,
1: do you imagine man. if you're Linda Blair and you're like, "Hey, I'm 12 and I got an Oscar nomination," it's like, "Bitch, I'm Tatum O'Neill. I'm nine or 10 yeah. or whatever." It's oh like, "God gosh. damn it."
0: Um, <laughs> I'm glad that Jason Miller was the nominated actor between him and Von Sydow for supporting. Yeah. I mean, he he lost that, awesome. yeah. But, but May, Miller's really really good. Um,
1: I haven't seen the Paper Chase. Um, I have yeah. seen Bang the Drum Slowly, and I have seen The Last Detail. Randy Quaid is really good. Oh, at Last bang,
0: look at Bang the Drum Slowly. I forgot that Bang. Yeah, and they gave it to Vincent. How about that? And
1: Save the Tiger. I I love Save the Tiger. I love Jack Lemon in it. I do not remember Jack Guilford in it at all. So yeah. I don't know what
0: to well, say I mean that. that that's your murder that might be murder's road that best actor year like in terms of just the five people there it might not be their number one best roles but lemon brandon nicholson pacino redford has it ever been as star-studded as yeah, that? yeah
1: i mean that is one of wow. Nicholson's. that is one of nicholson's yeah. best in my opinion i agree um lemon who's my all-time favorite actor you know there's so many
0: yeah so, I mean, and this, wasn't that like his one like that's kind of the one he got too like he's won two he's one
1: he won one in 1955 for mr roberts and supporting okay um because that whole movie's a mess because it was originally directed by john ford and then it wasn't yeah this whole thing but he won for that like in his like dr- like in his debut or something yeah and yeah then, and then he's been nominated like 11
0: I, I've seen that but, yeah so for uh, him to get a lead one good for him you know
1: and Serpico is Pacino's fantastic in Serpico yeah right? sir I mean I, I, not to get sidebar here but like there's so many things Pacino should have won for before so oh I know whatever
0: now <laughs> to, to bounce back to the exorcist which did win screenplay Thank goodness yep yeah um, good good job yeah there and uh, but up against last detail uh, you know a real good daryl handbook, Pon- um paper chase which you said you've seen and i haven't i've have not, seen, I, paper I have not yeah.
1: seen paper chase i've not yeah
0: um pa- I, i've seen paper noon i definitely wouldn't give it a screenplay not uh, nominate. i wouldn't give it a win over exorcist and then yeah i mean serpico is what it is in terms of being like the firebrand that it was at the time and um but no to see the exorcist come rolling in there and uh it won let's see here um 10 nominations uh two, two. wins sting yeah. kind of came in and won seven so that was but yeah to be the stud coming in there with 10 went stealing two psh, good work man yeah
1: i had no with idea that robin hood was that successful i thought that was during some of the darker days of disney
0: animation. well it, i mean like i said like the drop off of uh box office there is uh here like it was number nine, but it made like $30 million versus <laughs> top three all made over a hundo. Then they're, like I said, it from number three to number four, it goes from 115 to 53. And then it's just piddling after that. So yeah, Robin Hood, not a lot, but if, um, I've,
1: I've seen three of the five best pitchers that year. Um, okay. If I was going over personal preference, uh, ranking those three, I'd go graffiti exorcist sting for me. I, okay. I, think, okay. I think American Graffiti is. We've done an episode on it. Yep. I think it's.
0: It's solid. Sort of, it's I really think it's good. George yeah. his
1: best film as a director in my, in my first film.
0: Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, with you there. No, um, I get the argument. I mean, uh, this is it's a complete hindsight twenty twenty thing. Where I mean, yes, yeah. I just watched it for the first time, and I was ready, prepared, and then in there to be like, "Yep, that's a five star movie." You, I, I say it to my fellow uh, Aaron White, and I do this all the time. Like, um, we're, we're both of us have tried to be really good as critics about like sleeping on it and like mm-hmm. not having what what Emmanuel noisette calls the fanlexia of like you know just the coming out of the theater hot bothered pulse, Like, sleep on it. If it still feels right, it feels right. But every now and then, though, Aaron and I look at each other and we see a movie We're like, you know, it when you see it and you there's just oh, yeah. no doubter. And mm-hmm. The Exorcist is one of those. You know it when you see it. Like, damn, that's something.
1: Yeah. And it, it's nice that the rhetoric and stigma behind it backs it up because totally it, it, it's there's plenty of stuff. I mean, just the example with the girl on Halloween. But I think there's, you know. I think the Oscars are not a great barometer because no. I think they've, I think they've yeah. shown – like like I said, I'm not a huge sting guy. I watched yeah. it because it won seven Oscars. I was like, OK, I guess I need to watch this. And um, then I was like, oh, that won seven Oscars? OK. Like, you know what I mean? And I think the yeah. Oscars have shown in the last 10 to 15 years that, uh-huh. you know, whoever's won Best Picture has not been necessarily culturally relevant I compared agree. to other films. So that's yeah. not a good barometer, but I'm trying to think of other things where, you know, well, if you what, go you to know, other, top if you go Gun to Maverick, other, maybe I mean that's yeah. been kind of the same thing where, you know, I but this is not, yeah,
0: but this is ballsy New Hollywood freaking horror here. Like this is this is not yeah. Top Gun Maverick, despite its success. Like yeah, this is true, the yeah. this is the shock value. one. what was the last? Well, here let's what was the last. Oh my God! You have to see it. Water Cooler, Shock Value movie, that, Shock Value movie. Well, yeah. Well, like, like mm. the whole like you know you had to like you must see this even if it disturbs you. Like, um, mm. where it and it, ran, and it became a random way box office thing. Is is Blair Witch. Blair, yeah, probably Blair Witch. Six, Sixth Sense, which is crazy because they opened the same day.
1: Same, yeah, yeah. Um, so those,
0: those two, yeah, I think where I'm you ha, you have game. to see it whether you're comfortable with it or not. Have we had something Man. since ninety nine?
1: God, that, that's a good question. I mean,
0: we're like you have like, well, well not um,
1: in the disturbing way. I mean, there's been plenty of stuff like Lord of the Rings and stuff that you have to see, but
0: no, but I mean, um, Firebrand.
1: Yeah, yeah, pe- like it's so, so many like people hated you with got, yeah, like you're getting away with something that you're seeing it right. Um, yeah, God, I don't know because they tried. Like, remember they tried to make like another Basic Instinct, and it was just not the same. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm that's probably this. that's you know what. Basic Instinct was a massive box office hit. Where that was,
1: that's ninety two that, though, right? So, yeah,
0: that's that's, that's right. That, but you know what? That 99. pushed some
1: but, that pushed some buttons. I think Blair Witch was more of a um
0: genre Ca-
1: creator thing. The found footage thing. It was more. Yeah. yeah. Plus, there was a lot of stuff going around because this was not widespread internet age where people were buying into the belief that that's it was true. Real yeah like so people were seeing it for the shock value of maybe seeing someone die on camera you know
0: um i I, now that i keep thinking of it i don't know if we have a shock value horror level one but we have a like you said cultural zeitgeist or like hot little thing in the moment like there's like magic mike you know like Mm. where everyone you need to go see it just to see McConaughey and these hot men. Even if you're a man, go see it with your woman. Let him have a good night. You know, you fuel, fueled of, by the butt.
1: What do you think of Passion of the Christ? Would that apply?
0: Ooh, good one. Because, like, that's a, you're going to be disturbed watching it, but it's it's still a, a journey you must go. That's a good one. 04, Passion of the Christ. Good call
1: yeah i'm trying to think maybe maybe in a way it's not horror but there was we were still in that very uncomfortable post 9-11 war in afghanistan period maybe borat
0: yeah, from a comedy line like this crosses yeah. so many lines. You got to, you have to see it cross so many lines. Borat, good pick. Yep, yeah, another good one.
1: Um, I'm just looking through some stuff here. Like, yeah, you know, a lot of this stuff is pre 99. Yeah, I, I mean,
0: know. Patch,
1: Passion of the Christ,
0: 04. Yeah, I
1: know that's 04. I that might be. I mean,
0: yeah, because I mean, Borat's 07.
1: Everything talking- else. Why well, are talking here- cultural, because there's stuff yeah. you can see, like Human Centipede or something, but that's oh, not yeah. going to be
0: in every... No, you're down yeah. in the cult classic, stuff that ran away and made public money, you know? Yes, and I think, I, I think why, um, I think, well, you kind of call it, you tip this hand a little bit, like, now that we have the internet, now that we have a massive amount of over-marketing and overexposure of things, I don't think there are secrets like this anymore. Uh, the, of a movie that we don't see coming that just smashes us in the face with content and surprise and out well, of nowhere. It's like it I, it I has know yeah. it
1: imp- has a footprint though in the culture. Like, yeah, I, pu- I, I just pulled up a list of like,
0: everything's cold. 23 it's, it, most yeah.
1: controversial movies of every year and like like 2002 is irreversible that that movie yeah. is not something you were seeing on a Friday that, night
0: not widespread like, either you know brown yeah. bunny
1: you weren't seeing that hostile maybe because that was in that saw torture porn era uh-huh, but uh-huh.
0: or even I, saw itself yeah
1: yeah saw itself um
0: does that mean see,
1: there's a lot of like Lars von Trier on here but those are
0: in they're the, all niche they're all yeah tiny we're, we're, it's got to hit a mainstream buzz there. Yeah. Nymphomaniac
1: was kind of another yeah. one of those. Um, I mean, it, it's 50, 50 Shades of Gray. <laughs> yeah,
0: but that's, but we, you know, like, there's no, there's no secret to expose there. That's kind of weak. It's weak sauce because you know it's coming, whereas this, you don't know it's coming. Gone Girl. Everyone who read the novel knew it was coming. The rest of us, you know, sat in the theaters while the not person who read the novel kept watching us going, well, I'm ready to watch you freak out now because I know it's coming and you don't. So, that was over advertised, yeah, and oversold too. What about I, I just think we the, can't get away the, with secrets anymore.
1: What about some of the um, Aronofsky films, like Mother, for a
0: Dream Mother? But mother
1: wasn't like a. Well,
0: I don't know. Mother's easy, It's on the list for me. It's one of the, more one of the more disturbing movies I've ever seen. Disturbing, but like didn't hit didn't hit the nine public. Nine out of though. ten
1: people i have never even seen it or heard. Yeah, of it, that's the thing. You know like
0: I mean? we're talking about the number one movie of of its year yeah so yeah, yeah it's not much it you're and then yeah because passion made 400 million dollars Yeah, uh, they made a lot of money. sense and blair which were both massive hits i think yeah you gotta go back that far son of a gun that,
1: that doesn't say anything
0: uh, it just shows you, you know, it shows you what's selling now what is like you like the movies you're talking about like where is the courage to make the daring stuff now? And it's all in indies and it's all niche and it's all cult classics at best where the public has gotten a little safer and a little pruder with what it spends its money on. Like,
1: so we'll go, yeah. we'll go 2004, the cutoff with saw and passion of the Christ. I that's can't a good, that's a
0: good year. Yeah. I'm yeah.
1: Looking, Cause those were both, I mean, obviously passion was a huge, Saw, but, but, saw huge. but also,
0: Did I, mean, I think, yeah.
1: I think saw, I mean, it grows 56. I. I'm that's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Sure that's the, it wasn't made for more than a million. I can't no. imagine. Yeah. Uh, so, um,
0: yeah. Even if it was made for five, it did great. You know.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking through. I don't. I don't yeah. See anything else? I mean, that's.
0: Yeah, which man, is why, which is why The Exorcist can will keep its pedestal for a very long time of being like the uh, it now fifty years later. It's that you know almost one of those, you had to be there things. But the fact that the movie is so unique, so original, um, I know it's been aped in lots of other places, but the fact that even the things that ape it can't touch this movie for detail and absorption, you can watch this movie and go, Oh yeah, that you just game recognizing game. You're like, yep, that's, that's something. Now I see where everything else got, it's got some inspiration from got its balls from, why freak can 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 rest on laurels for days, uh years at this point? Because I mean, that's not the only thing he made too. Like I mean, he French connection. He, dude dude raked. You know, dude was fantastic. Oh, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Um Okay, I got one more post oh. two thousand four. Yeah, but it's, it's only because people are ignorant and stupid.
0: Um, okay. Rope back Mountain. Yep, that's true. Um, People, you you had to see like, oh gosh, how far did they really go? You know, and. The best you get is Heath Ledger spitting on a hand and rubbing some butt. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what people there thought they were going to get some deep dicking. But, uh, yeah. It, but you're right. That um, But I don't – it didn't make
1: – we're still and, talking about
0: the number one movie of the year in box office, which is Yeah, insane, that's true. You know? That's
1: true. But it, yeah. it also doesn't count because that's people's limited ability to accept things.
0: Absolutely. That, Versus – yeah, I, I, I'm going to remember this. In pa- like the Exorcist has now become a thing you pass on to people. That, hey, like yep. you're getting into horror movies, you need to watch this one. Like no one goes, "Hey, you're learning about gay people. Here's Brokeback Mountain. This is the thing that'll completely explain it all for you." Like not the way that this movie does as a, as a, as a, you know, as a perfection piece of paragon of horror. So
1: uh-huh. yeah. Yep, you are right. Yeah. Oh man I can- oh man. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Welcome to the, I, I feel like part I of the, the, the good that I've spread with this podcast is that you're actually watching things like Halloween and The Thing and The Exist yeah. and all kinds of stuff. This is yeah. great
0: the depussification of don is in full effect
1: <laughs> well you got to do something for me like what's something that i i'm trying to think what's something that i'm oh not really stappy into?
0: romance um uh, no, not
1: sappy, you know i was actually talking yeah. i was actually talking to somebody today because she was really excited uh the art teacher at my school is uh, dr white she came up to me and she said Hey, did you know that Meg Ryan's directing a rom com with David Duchovny? And I was like, that sounds great. Yeah, that's, that's a wonderful. new release coming here soon. And, yeah, uh-huh. and we had a discussion, and I said, you know what would be really great since everyone's into this legacy stuff, let's get one more Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan rom com.
0: Now that they're in their senior years, I would be all for it. Like, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. like i uh, I'm trying to think of a good like senior age romantic. It, 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 and yeah. Romantic? And be, well, no, but not that eh, not that old. Like we're not comparing callosity bags and things like that. But uh, no, no, no. Like um, I'm trying to think of a good senior-ish romantic comedy. Has it been done? Um, I mean, the closest one was recently that uh, "Ticket to Paradise" had Julia and George. Mm. You know, and they're in their fifties, and they're just parents of you know. Of- I
1: don't know if they're that young. They got to be in their
0: sixties, yeah. Uh, George might be sixty. Julia's still safely in her fifties, but um, okay. Okay. but uh, but no, 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 no. Like, like, they, where they they play parents, you know, to a kid getting married that they don't want to see get married, but where you know the the rom com vibes are there in in the older set, but not quite the senior set. So you'll yeah, have to I'm, turn
1: me on to something because I mean I, I owe you. Yeah, watching all this horror shit, I gotta.
0: I mean, I mean, you can you can go right there in '73 if you want weep or I mean, the way we were,
1: <laughs>
0: or like I, what's my what well, my parents' generation loves it. Um, Christopher Reeve. We've done some Superman stuff. Go watch somewhere in time. Somewhere in you time, know? which
1: I haven't seen yet. That yeah,
0: go go watch him swoon over some Jane Seymour and and, and tear up. It's, it's it's not that fucking hard. It's it's gauzy. <laughs> it's it, but it, it it is gauzy, Vaseline on the lens, softy shit. So but I, it, it'll get you yeah maybe um, we'll
1: do that you'll put a list together or listeners out there if you want to drop us a line and let me know some uh you know uh sappy romance yeah that i can get into then uh i mean, the payback.
0: i need to keep going though what's the next watershed horror i need to grab well we're see, going
1: you've, you've done you've done
0: the halloween thing. You've the done thing exorcist I need, fr- uh, I need Friday the Thirteenth in Nightmare on Elm Street, don't I? Uh,
1: well, okay, well,
0: Aww. Friday the Thirteenth
1: you can take or leave. I, I think. Yeah.
0: I mean, the but first nightmare. one is,
1: is blatantly the first one is blatantly a Halloween ripoff. Okay. Uh, said by Sean S. Cunningham himself, and the sequels are inane and stupid. And I, I'm just not okay. Fan. Pass. Uh, nightmare. You... I'm a defender of all uh-huh. of. them. I think uh-huh. they're all creative and beautiful um If you were to do it, I mean, you can't just do one. In my opinion, you'd have to do but, one, three, and seven. That would one, be
0: three, mine. seven. Because right, right, right it down.
1: number seven, I think is number eleven on my top hundred. So yeah, I mean, it's up there. uh It's it's the precursor to scream, and it's beautiful. It's brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, other horror stuff. I mean, man, I don't know. I, I don't know what some other seminal ones you haven't seen. Okay, so we'd have to make a list and figure it out. And I'm sure if anyone out there wants to. Let us know. Challenge
0: Don. De-pussify yeah. Don. Keep it going.
1: De-pussify Don. He needs it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, yes, this was great. I'm glad. I'm glad that you are. That
0: I'm, I'm despite, in the club. Don.
1: Despite the, you know, kind of endless hype. Yeah. It delivered for you, and that's that's the sign of a good movie. You know, is that? Yeah, I'm straight.
0: When it, it matches delivered. matches the height, in it, yeah, matches the height, hype and exceeds it. That that was one, no doubter. Yeah.
1: All right, well, um, unfortunately, our our store doesn't have any crucifixes to masturbate with, but we do have merch such as shirts and stickers. We have some sweet Cinephile Hissy Fit swag on tpublic.com slash user slash Network. That's going to be a great cut. Follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Fit, on Facebook at Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, and Instagram at CinephileFits. Find both me and Don by name on Letterboxd to check out our film reviews and ratings. We are also on Rotten Tomatoes and we are charter members of the independent film critics of America. Thank you so much for your loyal listenership and our tussles and for connecting with us on social media. Cinephile Hissyfit Fit is a Ruminations Radio Network podcast sponsored by Film Obsessive and 25YL Media. If you enjoyed the show, the Ruminations Radio Network has more excellent programming with stellar hosts and spirited topics. Please rate, review and subscribe to our show and others on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast.